So it's about becoming a man. And a man has to take responsibility, be in a place of respect. What kind of world do you want to live in? I don't know. That's fine. That's an acceptable answer. But the difference now, after the bar mitzvah, is you have to start considering trying to answer a more basic question. What question? What kind of man do you want to be? Actor and improviser Stephen Eric McIntyre shoots on chicken coops! It's the Manitoba Money Shot Podcast! With me, Ronald George Moore. Bonjour! I'm Harvey Cardwell. And je suis George Spicer. And, and together we opened the very first Robin's Donuts in 1975. From our original location in Thunder Bay, de la Trouble Placement de Région en Thunder Bay, to 162 locations across Canada. Except for one province. Self-proven province. Quebec. For some reason, every time we try to open up a franchise in Quebec, those Frenchies burn it down. Harvey! Well, it's true. Uh, Robin's Donuts, uh, L'Amour, Quebec. C'est pourquoi uh, nous vous êtes maintenant. What are you trying to say, George? Harvey, hold up the donut. Oh, the poutine donut. Le beignet poutine. Well, it looks okay. C'est free fresh. Fromage fondue et delicious sauce. Pumped à l'intérieur en baguette delicious mon sec. Well, it smells okay. Let me take a bite. Oh my god, it's hot! Oh god, it's hot! Uh, mon quebru pour les goûts. Ah. Mm-hmm. My tongue! Tellement bon! <laughs> feel my tongue. Um, je suis amore. I can't get that garbage taste out of my mouth. Harvey, uh, rapid frick convivial. Veni visite Robin's Donuts. Oh, oh, whatever. Hey, I'm just going to get down to the facts. It's the Manitoba Money Shot podcast. Fact with Ronald George Moore. Fact. Host fact. And uh, tonight's, tonight's, today's, tomorrow's, yesterday's, whenever you, you listen to this show. Fact. Stephen Eric McIntyre is the guest. Today's focus, my interview live from Crap Central, and you're going to check it out just in a few moments. Amazing actor, incredible improviser. He's a Fringe Festival vet. He's a must-see, and you it's a must-listen. Uh, the clip you heard at the beginning of the show was from Less Than Kind, which is a Canadian sitcom that Steve had a recurring role as Uzi, and he was talking to its lead star, Jesse Camacho. I hope I'm saying that right. And um, I'll be using a clip of Gangland Undercover uh, in this episode as well. And that, uh, amazingly, Steve has uh, two seasons on it playing two separate characters. Who gets to do that, huh? What actor? You name me an actor besides someone like Bewitched. I don't even think that's right. But anyway, yeah, he's been in tons of shit. He's great. He's awesome. And uh, I was very lucky he could come over and play, I guess. So check out the show, okay? I'm on SoundCloud, iTunes, and Stitcher. That's it. That's where I draw the line. You can't find me anywhere else except YouTube and Twitter and Facebook. You ever heard of those? Bam! Turn my fridge on. Not really. I didn't just do that. It's just fancy editing, because that's what I do. This is the hardest part of the show, is just doing a random monologue, and that's why I can't do it. I can't sit here and talk to myself. It drives me crazy, because people walk by, and everybody can hear what I'm doing, and I'm like, fuck, this is like some crazy man talking to himself. Because that's what I am, a crazy man talking to himself. But I'm not, because they don't know I'm secretly talking to you. That's right. And um, I thank you once again for listening to the show. Steve came over, we made a day of it, had a hell of a time, hung out, uh, it was a beautiful day, and uh, I hope to have many more with the man, as we live actually pretty close by to each other. Close by to each other? Sure. Fact. Uh, I told you that you should go and tell your friends about the show. Fact. Please do that. Fact. 
Uh, subscribe to the show on SoundCloud. Fact. You can follow on Twitter. I think I said all this. Was that a fact? Fact. And if you, you know, if you like the show or if you like this episode, please tell your friends, um, share uh, a post or uh, leave, a, leave a nice comment uh, in iTunes. I know you can do that. Um, I know it's rare for people to, do, to leave comments that are particularly nice on the Internet. <laughs> but um, if you did that, golly gee, that would brighten my day and uh, keep me motivated to um, live another day. <laughs> What? You don't want to? Well, fine. Who needs you? I do. So please do it. <laughs> okay, fine. Don't do it. But anyway, um, uh, just sit back and relax. A very cool, uh, and I'll give you a little secret. This is actually a two-parter. Steve is such a wicked storyteller and has had such an amazing life. I chopped it up into two, so this is part one, and part two is the next episode. So stay tuned for that. Fact! It was an honor having him... Sitting on my chair at this crappy (laughs) dining room table given to me by Scott Layton. Thank you, Scott. Um, And just chilling. Look for Stephen Eric McIntyre coming to a stage, screen, or film near you. We are rolling. Oh my God. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Unbelievable. Stephen McIntyre. Stephen Eric McIntyre. That's right. Steve McIntyre. Uh, yeah. Uh, Stephen Eric McIntyre was because uh, when I was first doing my first show with Manitoba Theatre for Young People, yeah. there was a, well, it was actor showcase at the time. They uh, had a picture of me that went to go in the equity newsletter and Ooh. they couldn't put the picture in. Because there was already a Stephen McIntyre in Ontario. Oh, man. And he was an equity member and meant they couldn't put my name under a picture, so they couldn't put the picture in the magazine. Right. So then I changed my name to Stephen Eric McIntyre, and they could do it. And it's all official now. Yes. Stephen Eric McIntyre. Yes. Well, that's, sweet, sweet. That's the business name. I mean, yeah. did you go by Eric McIntyre at one point, or was it No, all, that's no. some stupid thing that comes with IMDb. Yeah, yeah, I yeah, saw that. IMDb, there. there's an Eric McIntyre somewhere in the States. I keep getting his credits, and he's got <laughs> lots of credits, but they're for really shitty shows. Oh, no. And I'm embarrassed. <laughs> and I even actually took out IMDb Pro, mm-hmm. because that should allow you to edit your spot. Yeah. But uh, I was complaining about being called Eric McIntyre and getting his credits for years. Right. And after spending a few hundred dollars on IMDb Pro, you realize IMDb doesn't give up about it. <laughs> you know, oh, they, you can drop F-bombs yeah, all you okay. like. Well, all they don't over. give a fuck about you. <laughs> right. And they're not going to correct fuck all. <laughs> right. And if you've ever gone on IMDb and tried to correct something... It's pages and pages and pages right. of you having to type in the, the person's name and the credit and the date and the whatever mm-hmm. to try to say remove, remove, remove. Yeah. And like it's easier to file your taxes than change a credit on IMDb. <laughs> okay, sure. Yeah. So you just got the hell out of that. Yeah, right? so I just quit IMDb. Right on, right on. Uh, Steven, you are an improviser. You're an actor. Uh, you, you do theater, you do film, you do TV, tons of stuff on your yeah. IMDb, yeah. Um, and there's so much to talk about, but we're going to really start right at the beginning, right okay. at the basics. Uh, are you a Manitoban? Were you born, well, you, obviously no. you're a Manitoban, were you born here? No, I was born in Regina, Saskatchewan. Oh. Pasqua General Hospital, July 26, 1960. Right, right. And uh, how long did you stay in uh, Saskatchewan? I was there till uh, uh, the beginning of grade three. Okay. So for right. a few years, lived at 2121 Lindsay Street. Lindsay, okay. Went to Wetmore School. Mm-hmm. Uh, Wetmore School was one of those big old fortresses that they built back like in the prairies. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> we were all mixed together in the school, but at recess, girls go to the left, boys go to the right, and you're separated by a chicken wire fence. Really? Yeah. That seems odd. Yeah. Was, yeah that wasn't the girls, norm, right? That's yeah. just that school. No, no. That was the norm back in the day. Huh. 
Yeah, girls and boys did not play together at recess. Right. Okay. And I remember, because I was a bit of a, a dog, dog. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there was under the staircase that separated, the giant staircase that separated the two play areas, mm-hmm. there was a, like a barred fence, like a little half moon underneath the staircase that you could see through because it's just bars, mm-hmm. and I would talk to girls on the other side. Right. Through the bars oh, under nice, the steps. Oh, nice, nice. Oh, yeah. Did you like living there? Was it? Well, it's, I still have, like, I'm a Skatron Rough Rider fan, football. Right. But um, I don't know why I have a soft spot for Regina. It's a shithole. Okay. It's terrible. Like, it really is a terrible place. Okay, I haven't been there in a tough, long time. like, yeah. it's, it's like North End Tough. Okay. But the, the whole city, city right. is North End Tough. <laughs> okay. So it's, and it's, it's always been like, you know, like the, the curbs are broken. Uh, it, like the, it's not pretty. It's, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, did you, did you yourself uh, have a curfew from coming home because uh, just worrisome about you staying out late? Uh, no, no. Like we, my mom, um, my dad wasn't with us. He was already in Winnipeg. Oh, Okay. So I'd see him when he'd come home for a visit. Right. That's how I knew my dad. Okay. And uh, so we were raised by my mom, and there's four of us at the time. There's four of you. You and uh, brothers, sisters? My older brother, Rob. Yeah. My younger brother, Woody, and my little sister, Lynn. The full house. Yeah. And we, uh, so we were alone all the time because my mom was working. So I don't remember curfews. Do you, and I guess not uh, not too many rules or like nope. you, know, you had kind of like uh, the laws of we the land where you eat own. all the peanut butter we wanted. <laughs> right. But it was funny because like when, as a kid, I remember like we loved the house, but then when we went back, you know, like uh, we used to go back every summer and you know hang out with my grandma and my uncle and yeah. Uh, but we'd go past the house, and the house would fit in your apartment. Oh, yeah? It was really? just a tiny little shack. Yeah. Like, and by shack, I mean shack. Like, it was just this tiny little joint, but, mm-hmm. you know, you like me, do. me and my... Uh, Were you all, like, uh, bunking in the same room? Oh, like, yeah, yeah, me and my two brothers, mm-hmm. bunk beds and another bed in one tiny room, and uh, my mom and my sister in the other room. Did you all get along? Were you, or, oh, yeah. Were sibling rivalry we there? We still... No, well... Well, I guess at some point, we uh, we didn't get along. Mm-hmm. As families do. <laughs> yeah. But mostly we got along. And, you know, t- to be blunt, because uh, uh, we were all scared of my dad. Oh, really? So we yeah. took care of each other. Right. And but your dad's in Winnipeg, mom. isn't he? Yeah, he was in Winnipeg at the time and waiting for us to come. He was the anchor that brought you here. Yeah, but he was a dirty scoundrel, and uh, what did he do? Well, uh, he was just looking for work, and I don't think he ever found it. Oh no! Oh no! That's yeah. too bad. But my mom found work at the U of M, which was great. Oh so yeah. So we were living in Gary Manor on Pemina Highway when we moved here. And, Gary uh, Manor. That it's, is. Everybody knows it. It's the big brown three like apartment buildings on Pemina Highway. Yeah. Right. Uh, you know, just past McGilvery. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. And yeah, I it's know got a big yeah. black fence, and it's covered in ivy now. But mm-hmm. when we lived there, it was like, might as well have been a tenement in Chicago. Like, it was nasty. Right, right. <laughs> but that's where we lived. And, uh, yeah, it was, there was a Lotus. Do you remember the Lotus cars? No. Okay, they're, they're the precursor to a DeLorean. Mm-hmm. And they're so low, they you could fit one under this table right now. Fuck off. <laughs> yeah. And we had a Lotus dealership right beside us at Fletcher and Pemina. Mm-hmm. And I used to, like, so I passed them every day. So that's the car of my dreams. The and Lotus. I, the Lotus. <laughs> and I was thinking of, of Mikhail Grudzewski. Because I, like, our contact now is me loving pictures of him and his wife and his son. So I said, we, we trade car pictures. And that's our interaction now. You know, whereas before, 
you know, the first time I saw him at the gas station theater in an improv show, yeah. I thought, that's the funniest guy I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. And then we did the improv supper club together. Yeah. And he oozes talent. Yeah. He is just, he's the best. So you're living in, on Pemina Highway. Yeah. Gary Manor. Yeah. Where were you going to school? Uh, I was going to uh, Pemina Crest for the first year. Where's that? I can't pick, think of it. Pemina Crest now is, I think it's actually like a uh, school board building now. Oh. But it's like uh, Pemina and Chevrier, maybe. Oh, around like, that area. Yeah, yeah, I think I know what yeah. you're talking about. Yeah. So I went to Pemina Crest for one year. Then we went to Crane School. Uh, that would have been high school? No, no, junior high. Junior no, high. elementary still. And then we, in grade six, we moved to St. Mattel. We moved to the chicken coops in St. Mattel. <laughs> and chicken and coops are Manitoba housing. Oh. So we call them chicken coops Shit, because that's what they look like. Yeah. There's six families to a coop. Mm-hmm. 25 coops to a block. Right. You know, 300 children. Yeah, you're making yeah. friends all over the place. Oh, in, in well, this. first day in the chicken coops. We got our heads kicked in, me and my older brother. Oh, God. Yeah, by the... Frank Dribbles. Oh, fuck. Yeah. Still in the memory, yeah. eh? Oh, yeah, like, <laughs> like immediate, man. There wasn't even a road yet. It was dirt. Mm. They hadn't put the road in. So, you know, those little uh, square, like, three-by-three three cement blocks? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah that yeah. you put in your garden? Mm-hmm. Well, that's what they put all the way around the horseshoe <laughs> of the chicken coops. Right. And that was the road. <laughs> But anyways, me and my older brother were our first day there, and we were all excited because we've all been sharing rooms, like, you know, in the shack and in Gary Manor, and so we get to the chicken coops, and we're like, we have our own door, it's blue, Mm -hmm. because all the doors were painted a certain color. Okay. (laughs) That's weird. And then we go inside, uh, but there was four bedrooms. Yeah. So we each got a room. Beautiful, beautiful. Yeah. That's what we thought. But first day in, a bunch of guys jump us. Me and my brother get out of it okay, like get a little scuffle, nothing serious. And then, uh, and then like the first night, everybody's outside because it's, you know, these are all poor people who are suddenly celebrating having a new place. Yeah. And it's not like, you know, you celebrate when you get a, a joint in... Uh, Pound back a few. Yeah. Everybody is. The whole neighborhood. Yeah. So there's like 200 families. But it's basically a city block has been bent into a horseshoe. <laughs> right, right, right. So right. that's how many people you have. Mm-hmm. You know, and most, I don't think anyone can ever understand that unless you've lived through it. And the idea that, yeah, take a bunch of poor people, cramp them together. Everything will be all right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's not. It'll be like their own community. They'll help yeah. each other out. Yeah. And it's not. So everybody's just wandering around, picking which gang you're going to be in. Because mm-hmm. the gangs started immediately. Like immediately. Right after me and my brother got jumped. We're like, okay, who's the other gang? And we got in with the other people. Really? Seriously? Oh, yeah. Real wild. Well, is there like... Was there an initiation? I'm not sure. No, they, were all, like, they all started. Everybody then. was like trying to find the like-minded people to protect each other. Right, right. And essentially, what we well that first night, that's where it all happened. Is there was these two old guys, both with canes, who were suddenly living beside each other. Yeah. Both hammered. Right. And they don't like each other. Okay. So a fight starts. A cane fight. Cane fight. <laughs> the worst. And, and because they both have canes, they're both doing the same thing. They're One guy's got his left hand on the car. Yeah. The other guy's got his right hand on the car to hold themselves up. And they're swinging their canes at each other. <laughs> and that drew a crowd of like 300 people. Well, for sure. And I'm like... Where do I live? But I wasn't like, oh no, where do I live? Exactly. I was like, woo! <laughs> Excited. Bring it on! Yeah. Like, would you actually roam the streets as a gang? Oh, or? That's all we did is roam the streets. Right, roam. But we roamed like clockwork. Oh. Basically, we'd all get together. 
I had a portable radio that my grandma gave me, a really nice one. Mm-hmm. Took four D cell batteries. Was it like a boombox? Still before boomboxes. Okay. And we would walk around the horseshoe. And that's all you do is just walk around the horseshoe. Mm-hmm. Make your presence known. And they would walk. So we were doing it. I don't know how to describe this without the visual, but basically when we were at point A, they were at point B. Mm-hmm. So we never met. <laughs> okay. And we just did that all night long. Circling like sharks. Just like, oh. Yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, like, and the funny thing was, it was always at the worry that if we ever met, the fight would be on. Yeah. The rumble. The but big rumble. years went by and we didn't rumble. Wild. But he was always there. Uh-huh. But then pity the poor fucking fool who came into the neighborhood thinking they could start a rumble. Yeah. Because then both gangs would get together and... Take care of business. Oh, yeah. Oh, like we used to, like, you know, fools would come in and both gangs would just whoop and lay yeah. a whooping. Wow. But one wow. of the games, like I remember, like, as a 12-year-old, the cops used to patrol. Yeah. Because it was... It's, it's a nightmare. Mm-hmm. So the cops used to come like once an hour every day, 12 hours a day, for mm-hmm. a drive-through. And both gangs used to do this. Yeah. As soon as the cops came into the neighborhood, we'd all like jump down, yeah. try to catch their attention, right. look at them, and run. <laughs> And then they would chase us. Just for the chase. Just you wanted to chase. be chased. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we would just the use them. And then we'd get out to Worthington or Belleville or the field. Because mm-hmm. we were, this is Seine River area. So, you know, like St. Mattel. Right. So, like, we still had cranes flying over our neighborhood when we played football. Right. right. Like, it was, this is before Southdale was even built. Yeah, this is way back before yeah. all that was developed. Yeah, it was all just bush. Yeah. So we'd get the cops to chase us. Yeah. And, and then when they get caught, and then we'd stop. And be like, what's the problem? Right. Yeah. What's the problem? Yeah. We're just right. running. I came back to Omni when I was 16, though, because they picked me up one night for uh, something I didn't do, and they took me out in the field and beat the shit out of me. Fuck off. No yeah. way. The cops oh, did that? Really? Yeah. Holy shit. Yeah. I'm, in the, I'm in the backseat of a cop car, and <laughs> cop keeps saying, um, uh, you're being charged uh do you understand i'm like no i didn't do anything i just walked yeah. out of my house right and then they just picked me up threw me in the back of the car took me out in the field and they pushed the front seat back back in the day it wasn't you know bucket seats it was one bench yeah pushed the seat back so i couldn't move right and the cop came over to top and boom 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 laid a whooping on me oh my god yeah. that is brutal Fuck. I went to court for that for almost two years. Basically, somebody was babysitting in the neighborhood somewhere. Yeah. And had a boyfriend come over. Then the parents came home, or parents, not sure if there was two. Yeah. Came home, caught her, and she said, she just named like three of us to go along with her boyfriend saying we all just kind of forced our way in and he forced her. So the babysitter had someone over and then the yeah. parent was like, what is he doing here type right. thing? And yeah, she was like, oh, they came in. They all came in. and Right. Right. So anyway. And your uh, name just happened to be out of her mouth. Uh, that's what she said. Right. Me and uh, two of my friends. Brutal. So my two friends never got caught that night, but I got my head kicked in. I got uh, cuffed. Fuck, yeah. And the cops took me to 7-Eleven, McDonald's, everything, look for my friends. Mm-hmm. And then took you're me, supposed to finger them. Yeah, took me to the St. Boniface police station. My dad had to come get me at four in the morning. Mm-hmm. And I was like, as soon as he picked me up, I was like, you know, this is all wrong. I yeah. didn't do this. Yeah. And my dad, anyway, that was the end of me and him talking right, for about right. 20 years. Wow, holy shit. But yeah. the... Um, but the, so anyway, then we go to uh, 
uh, parole thing, and the parole officer tells my mom, tell him to plead guilty, and it's over. Yeah. And she wants it to be over. I want it to be over. Mm-hmm. But I'm like, but I didn't do it. Yeah. And she's like, but he says it'll be over. And it, my two friends, who I won't name, because they're both dead now, they both pled guilty, even though they weren't there. Mm-hmm. And it was over for them. Right. So, the, like, the carrot was there. And, uh, yeah, almost two years of going to court. Two years of going to court. Every month, once a month, all the way through high school. And I have to get permission from the principal to go to court. Wow. So, of course, this principal hated my guts. Yeah. And he's like, oh, I got a thug in the school. I'm like, I'm going to court to prove I was innocent. But he was just, you know. Yeah, everyone doesn't. uh, There's. Everyone already is is assuming you're guilty at this point. So they they bump it. Every time I go, they bump it. They bump it. They bump it. Oh, uh, you're remanded to another month. Mm -hmm. Finally, in grade 11. So this is beginning of grade 10. So just about the end of grade 11. I'm in court. And I get a judge for the third time, same judge. Yeah. And he says to me, so at first he says, okay, so where's the arresting officer? Well, I'm not here. Okay, so where's the arrest report? Well, we can't find it. <laughs> okay, Mr. McIntyre, what's going on? I go, I don't know, man. I've been doing this for almost two years. Nice to see you again. Yeah. You know? <laughs> right. And I'm like... I didn't do it. I wasn't there. This was all made up. Uh, you know, like, I don't know what to say, Your Honor. Exactly. And he goes, I do. Like, just, he goes, bang. You know, and it's over. That was it. No record, no this, no that. Apology from him, not from the cops. But that, At least there it, was an apology, yeah, I guess. You but it, look changed, it changed my fucking life, Ron. Like, changed it. Really? I was like, I used to be, I used to proudly wear my police and pal t-shirt. Mm-hmm. I loved the police. I thought about being a police officer. And that was the police working through the schools and just to... Yeah, to, just to show us know. poor people that were okay. Yeah. And I liked them. Mm-hmm. You know, like we used to, they used to come play football with us. They used to, you know, like there was all this good feeling about law enforcement and about the law. And, yeah, for sure. And then, but after... You know, you take a shit kicking and go to court for two years for something you didn't do. Yeah. And then, then it's a judge who you've met three times, but by met you've spoken to for 10 seconds. Yeah. It's a he, fucking dose of reality. Yeah. And he was just, he was mad. And, you know, like, I wish I would have pursued it further somehow. Right, right. Like, I wish I would have gone to the papers or something. But, of course, exactly. I would embarrass my mom. Mm-hmm. You know, so I wouldn't have done it. But... It should have, because it changed my life. It changed the direction of my life. Right, 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 you know, right, and, for sure. And there's a, you know, like a certain angry chip that's still, still somewhere <laughs> still right reserved. over here. Still reserved. Still I, reserved I, I, for I would it. feel the same way, especially the beating. Were we, did you find yourself getting into a lot of uh, physical altercations? No, that was the only one. <sighs> it's, how about uh, high school? Uh, yeah. Obviously, that acting bug hit you at some point. Was it was it high school no, that you were never. interested in being on stage? Never. I had no acting bug. No I, acting bug. I was, except socially. Mm-hmm. I was always the center of attention. Yeah. Socially. Okay. Like I like, my gang was my gang because I was entertaining. Right. Not because I was tough. Okay. <laughs> like, I you was really always fun. Win over a crowd. Fun. Yeah, I can always win over a crowd. Yeah. With my mouth. Right. And so I did that, but I had no interest at all. And I went to Dakota, and Dakota was all sports. I didn't play sports except football, and mm-hmm. there was no high school football. Oh, okay. And not did, did you play in like a league or something, I or just pick up in, games? Uh, uh, I played for the Fort Gary Lions. Oh, okay. We were provincial champions two nice. years in a row. Beauty. What what position? Defensive back. Defensive back. But the um, the funny thing was, it was the same town Mustangs, which everybody in Dakota was on the same town Mustangs. Mm-hmm. But because I had no friends in high school, 
I thought, why don't I just go play in Fort Garry? Because it didn't matter where you lived. You oh, just it didn't? go play okay. wherever you want. Right. So uh, since my friends from elementary all were now grown and, you know, so this would be like 16, 17. Yeah. Those two years. Because 18, it's then you're into junior and it's different. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, so I would, I would go and I played for the Fort Garry Lions. So you didn't, you didn't have any friends in, in high school? I had a like couple. all the gang members weren't in your in your. No, uh, they didn't go to school. They didn't go to school. <laughs> no, they didn't go to. They didn't make the transition from Victor Major Junior High to high school. Sure. They just okay. stopped. Right. Well, even then, like uh, even our elementary school, Lavalie, like now there's a nice now, like 20 years ago they built a brand new, huge, beautiful Lavalie school in the field that's behind, beside the chicken coops. Mm-hmm. But when we, when they opened the chicken coops, they had no school for us. So there was a closed, ready for destruction, old elementary school, Lavalie, on St. Anne's Road. So they reopened it just for the chicken coops. Okay. So so not only did we... Better than nothing, I guess. Not only did we live together in the chicken coops, we went to school. In the same school. <laughs> right. But then, but, so when you got to high school, so high none school, of those guys came. Nobody came from the neighborhood. Mm-hmm. And it, was it the fact that the, uh, there was no one for you to get along with, or you didn't want to get along with anybody? Oh, I tried to. Yeah. You know, like I met, like, I met people. Uh, I think I went to one high school party, the first one I went to. And again, it turned into a big shit show because nobody knew who I was and you know, they all grew up together, right? They all, right, you're the they outsider. All, yeah, they all went to Hastings together, or they all went to, you know, whatever school together. They all grew up on the same streets. Yeah. And they'd, they'd, they'd heard about us from the chicken coops. Right, right. So, you're kind of shunned, yeah. as it were. So anyway, I, I had a few friends, but they were, they were knuckleheads. Right, right. You know, just at best. <laughs> Knuckleheads. Right, so. right. Did you do well in school, like grade-wise? Um, grade-wise, I did fine. Attendance, zero. <laughs> so I actually had to repeat grade 12. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. one teacher. All the other teachers wrote comments on my grade 12 report card. Congratulations. You passed the course in one-fifth of the time. <laughs> Stuff like kind that. Like they all in. mocked it. Yeah. But I had good marks. Mm-hmm. Like, I was in the top 10 for English. Like, oh, it was... It was there. I wouldn't go. I just... I hated... What would you do? I could sit in the library and not go to class. Oh, so you're in the school. Oh, I'm you're in the school. You're just not going to the classroom. Yeah. Oh, okay. So I'd read books in the library all day. Wow. Because I just... You know, I love reading. It's my favorite thing. Yeah. It's still my favorite thing. Right. And I just read all the time. And... So I would go to school and I said, oh, "Fuck, I'm not going." Right, okay. You know? I already read that book three times. And what are you going to teach me about it? Like, <laughs> I'll teach you. Like, exactly. I know to kill a mockingbird inside and out. <laughs> you know. So, uh, but you're so not anyway, taking any. So anyway, I had to re- I had to repeat grade twelve because one teacher gave me an incomplete. Mm-hmm. Even though I had the highest mark in his class. Right. But if you give incomplete, that means you have to repeat the whole fucking year. Ah, shit. But that's how I got into theater. The the, the redo of grade 12 or whatever? The redo of grade 12. Okay. Because I'd already had all the English teachers except Mr. Brown. And everybody hated Mr. Brown. Mr. Brown, Mr. Brown. He was like, don't get Mr. Brown. I'd never had He's a hard ass. So I thought, fuck it. I signed up for Mr. Brown for English. Yeah. Going to his class, first day, sitting there, and there's this, you know, old mean-looking fucker. <laughs> and he goes, I uh, sing in the chorus at the opera. I have two complimentary tickets. Would anyone like to go see the opera? Mm-hmm. And I watched 26 people just drop their fucking heads, like look at the floor. And I was like, I'll go to the opera. Mm -hmm. I put my hand up. He like, 
his whole like his whole aura changed in your eyes. Yeah, like right in front of me. Yeah, just because I said I'll go. Yeah, and none of these other knuckleheads are going to say fuck all because I'm already one year older than you all. Yeah, I'm a badass because I failed grade twelve. <laughs> so watch out! Don't fucking mock McIntyre. Right, he's gonna fucking kill you. You know, like he's from the chicken coops. Yeah. You know, you had your rep. Yeah. So then, I got two tickets to the opera. And there, where was the opera? This is a uh, the Centennial, Centennial Concert, Concert Hall. Yeah. And there's a there's a gal Michelle, who I met before, but she was. She was, I think, from a very well-off family, but she was a very awkward, weird person. Mm -hmm. And for whatever reason, after I got the tickets, I went and I said, I think you're the only person who would go to the opera with me. And she goes, I'd love to go to the opera. We went to the opera. But she had like a, like a Camaro, like the cool, like, like Burt Reynolds Camaro. Yeah. And she came in a cape. Like, she had the clothes for it, the car for it, Uh and we went to the the opera. Wow, beautiful. And it was, I was stunned. I still see it in my eyes. Like, the ghost ship made all out of light, and just the colors, and just the majesty of opera, and it was just like, I was like, what the fuck am I looking at? Yeah. Is this your first time going That's to like a live... first time going into a theater, going into seeing anything. Yeah. And it was just, I was stunned. I thought, That's so beautiful. Wow. And then that started in my heart. Like, I want to be part of this somehow. Right. But I can't right. sing. So it wasn't going to be opera. <laughs> <laughs> but I wanted to see a place... With lights, I want to see a place where people perform. Mm-hmm. I want to see a place where people bow. Yeah, I want to see yeah. a place where hundreds or thousands of people are together, all watching the same thing. Yeah, yeah, sharing that experience yeah. together. Wow! And that was Mr. Brown. Because then I went on from there. I was working section crew, Burlington Northern. Okay, what, what's Burlington Northern? Is that uh, a, it's an American railroad company. Is this during high school? After high school. Right after, after high school. Right after high school, you start working for a company which does what? Sorry. Um, it's a train company. A train company. They have a, a yard here on Lindsay. Lindsay and Taylor. Yeah, Lindsay and Taylor. So Taylor you'll see Lindsay. people go like, what is that? Well, that's Burlington Northern. And so it's an American... Oh, shit. I know exactly what ...train you're company. About. Okay. And... Basically, they run a train every Monday to Friday from Winnipeg to Emerson and from Emerson back to Winnipeg. And Emerson, if you don't know, is down by the American border. Yeah, just across. So basically, I was on section crew there. And the funny, like people used to laugh at us from CN because we did everything by hand. Mm -hmm. So we changed track by hand like they did in 1820. And it was great, though, like... Because once you learn how to do that, it's a skill. Mm-hmm. And the CN guys would go by, and there's a machine that's changing the track for you. And they yeah. had 20 guys walking behind it, not doing fucking <laughs> For sure. You know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. You're just there. 20 supervisors yeah, 20, for one you know, worker. <laughs> yeah. And this machine doing all the work. But we would have to, you know, like, take the spikes out, you know, and hammer the ties out. Take the track out. Take a, you know, like, you try to see a piece of 30-foot track, try carrying that. Because everybody thinks they're straight, but mm-hmm. they're not. It's like, it's like a Twizzler of steel. Yeah, yeah. Because it just, like this, like just, it's a Twizzler. And so you got so careful, because, you know, the injuries there are... Anyway, so you're not just working at Lindsay. You're, you're like no, going got, down the line we of got the track. Seven, we had, I think, we had seven kilometers of track, because mostly they would use the CN track. Yeah. But in the city, we had to have our own, so that we could take our cars off the track, mm-hmm. spread them out, do our thing, and then put them back on the track when it's time to share with CN. Yeah. Or CP or whoever CP, I guess. CP. So, yeah, everything from, um, so, Lindsay and Taylor, 
all the way to the back of uh, Notre Dame and McPhillips. Sure. Okay. So that was our thing. So there's four of us on the crew. We just worked, you know, minus 30. People used to go like, my face was dark brown from looking down at the snow. Yeah, and the reflection, and the reflection of the sunlight up. getting in your face yeah. there. People go wow. like, where you been? And I go, Winnipeg. <laughs> but like, I love the job because there was, nobody else knows how to do it. And as long as you could do it, and I was good at it, that was it. Right. So that's what I was going to do for the rest of my life. Really? And then, uh, well, this would be early 80s. I'm making clear. $450 a week. My apartment was $128 a month. Wow. Yeah. I was saving. Yeah. I was, you know, I'm going to buy a house, you know. And the engineer, because there's one engineer at Burlington Northern who drives the train to Emerson, drives it back Monday to Friday. Yeah. And one day he says to me, he, like Patey, I guess, he goes, oh, you think that's fun? You think you're doing all right? And I'm like, yeah. Mm-hmm. He goes, I pay more in taxes than you make. <laughs> what? I was like, what? And he goes, you should be an engineer. That's what you should do. Mm-hmm. So he started training me on the engines. I can go now if I want to. I go in, I can change the brake pads on an engine. Get the hell out of here. Oh, really? Yeah, and wow. nobody knows that about me. No. But like, <laughs> I can change it. I can bring in the oils. I can bring in all the lubricants. And that's what he was doing. He was training me. Right. But then my girlfriend broke up with me and said she needed space. And, and this would be the opera girlfriend? Uh, no, Different no. girl. Okay. No, we didn't get boyfriend, girlfriend. But a gal from St. Boniface. And that's, I say St. Boniface because there's a French aspect to it. Oh. So she says to me, like, I'm thinking I'm saving up to buy us a house. We're going to get married. Mm-hmm. I'm going to work in a railroad. I'm going to be an engineer in a few years. Yeah. You got it we, all planned out. It's right all in front set of you. to go. You bet. And uh, one night she says, I need space. And if anyone knows me, I overreact <laughs> to every situation. Sure. Okay. So I went, okay, space. One time, like my dad never went anywhere, did anything. Except once when he was working for Keenan's Color Castle Paint Store. They sent him to Quebec City. Yeah. For a paint conference. <laughs> paint conference. Yeah. We got new colors. But that's the only place he's ever been. But one night, he's sitting in the living room and he says to me, if you ever get the chance, you got to go to Quebec. Yeah. Now, if they had sent him to fucking Lynn Lake, he would have said, if you ever get the chance, you got to go to Lynn Lake. <laughs> right. You know, like... <laughs> so, I uh, like... But, thankfully, it was Quebec. Right. So, when she said, I need space, I'm like, okay, quit the job. Looked in the Atlas. Quebec City, Montreal. Quebec City, Montreal. Uh, is right in the middle. So, I picked Trois-Rivières. Three rivers. Three rivers. Trois-Rivières, Quebec. Okay. So, I went... I got on a fucking train at CN and left and sent a postcard back saying, is this far enough? Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> a little extreme, Stephen. Oh, totally extreme. Oh but again, God. it got me to the next step in my life. We could point fingers about the cause of his death, but Foghorn had his pleasures. And he left us riding high. So let's say goodbye to our brother for the last time. And get some ice on his fat corpse before he stinks to join us. Via rail. Going to Quebec. Don't know where I'm going. They have, uh, the University of Quebec at Trois-Rivières has uh, English, or French as a second language thing. And anyone from Western Canada who wants to learn French can go there for nothing Mm -hmm. and they'll feed you like and give you enough cash to rent an apartment yeah so I signed up for that program and went and there's like people do it all the time for six weeks Mm -hmm. 
you know, out of high school and stuff. But you can actually go there and, you know, like you get three meals a day, you get little tickets every day and go eat and go to these classes and learn French. Is everyone's just speaking French around you or with yeah. English right in there as well? No, no, no English. It's all French. And Tonnevier was a great place to pick because <laughs> nobody spoke English. Mm -hmm. They all do, but they How don't dare want they? to. <laughs> How dare they don't want to unless they really like you. Yeah. And unless they're high and they're bored of you trying to struggle through French. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Okay. And that's it. Mm -hmm. And what did you do there? What did you end up? I, I was studying French. Like, I met like a Guatemalan princess who was there. So we ended up sharing uh, an apartment. Yeah. Uh, From the classes you met her? Or? Yeah. Oh, okay. But like when I first got to Torrevera, I got off the train and I was like, it was like somehow the whole, whatever, 24 hour, 36 hour trip. I wasn't thinking about what would happen when I got there. <laughs> I was just enjoying the trip. Right, right. Live in the moment. And when I got off the train, I'm like, all of a sudden, where am I going to go? How do I do this? Yeah. Like, I, I didn't have any French. Like, I had, you know, like you were saying, I had junior high French. Yeah. So unless I was going to the library or the bathroom, I was fucked. <laughs> right, of course. And this woman walks up to me. She goes, you know, she said, I, I think she first said in French, you know, Tu parles français? And I was like, nope. Yeah. And she was like, okay, well, I speak English. What are you supposed to be doing? And I'm going like, well, I'm supposed to be going to the university. But I arrived at like 8 o'clock at night. So, of course, it's closed. Yeah. And she's like, well, it's closed. Like, what are you going to do? And I'm like, I don't, I don't know. She goes, okay, come with me. Yeah. So get in a cab, go to her place. So we go in her house, and she says, you can just sleep on the couch, and in the morning I'll show you how to get to the university. Yeah. I'm like, okay. And then her room was, like, from floor to ceiling and the ceiling, pictures of Bruce Springsteen. Oh, my God. She's... Just covered. Like, just... is Like, it, it, Bruce Springsteen, probably, if he wanted to could make money selling Bruce Springsteen wallpaper. <laughs> at least one customer. Yeah. That is fucked up. And, yeah. He broke the border. Yeah. And she was like, my girlfriend's not here. She's in, uh, I think she was in Laval or something, she said. But then she says, you remind me of Bruce Springsteen. Then I start laughing to myself, going, there's no fucking way. Right. I am not Bruce Springsteen. <laughs> I'm not his kind of handsome. I'm not his kind of, you know, like, there's no way. It's because you spoke English, maybe? <laughs> Isn't that funny? Yeah, because I sound like I was from New Jersey. Yeah. Like, I don't go there. I tell her, thank you for the couch. Yeah. Get out of her room, sleep on the couch. And did you keep up acquaintances with her? Oh, yeah. yeah. The whole time I was there. Yeah. And how long were you there? Two years. Two years, okay. And what, what else were you doing there what, besides? Well, I need to make some money because what they were giving us was just enough to stay in an apartment mm -hmm. and eat food at the university. So I worked as a bar back in a male strip club. <laughs> Wild, man. That's amazing. Because were you wearing the short shorts No, yourself? no. I didn't have to wear a fuck all. <laughs> well, that's what they want. I, they yeah, don't want yeah. you to wear a fuck all. I know, but they were like... I was trying to find jobs where I didn't have to speak to people. Okay, yeah, yeah. And nobody talks to the busboy. <laughs> nobody. <laughs> like, dirty glasses, dishwasher. Dirty glasses, dishwasher. Right. You Keep know, like, moving. nobody talks to you. But I remember seeing the, f the first night I worked, this guy was stripping, and he was wearing cowboy boots with bare legs. Mm-hmm. And I thought, you look like a fucking idiot. <laughs> like, have you ever seen a guy in cowboy boots without pants? No. Like, it just looks so stupid. 
And I was like, oh, fuck, this is hilarious. So I was laughing all the time. And yeah. I had a good time. Good place to work, for yeah, sure. Yeah, it was good. Yeah, ladies everywhere. Yeah. So I did that, and I also worked at uh, a French version of a Kohl's bookstore. Okay, yeah, yeah. Because the alphabet's the alphabet. And you love books. Yeah. So you just, all I had to do was put books on the shelf alphabetically ordered mm-hmm. so, yeah it didn't matter I didn't, and no, no language speak barrier to the guy who's taking <laughs> books out of a box so i did that for two years and i also um on my time off i went to we in quebec back then hitchhiking was a mode of transport mm-hmm. yeah and they taught us that as soon as we got to the school like as soon as we got to the university they were like buses, this, that, hitchhiking. I was like, really? Because I never hitchhiked in Manitoba or Saskatchewan. Right. Like, I Were people never. doing it back then? Oh, yeah. Yeah, but it was like, something that was just not... It was just to... normal to them. Yeah. So on the weekends, when I had time off, I would hitchhike either to Montreal or to Quebec City, because I was in Toy Bears, since I picked halfway between. Yeah. And I would, like, just whatever. I'd go, oh, I'll try Montreal tonight. Right. And I'd stick my thumb out. Like, I, I can't remember being on the highway more than 10 minutes before somebody would give you a ride. Very nice. Any trouble with that? Uh, no. No, no, no. I went, so I ended up in Montreal, and I'm just wandering around, and all the um, frat houses, you know, just like here, all the frat houses are on the same row. Yeah. So one night I'm wandering by, big party going on. So I go in. I'm like not trying to talk to anyone because I'm still incapable. <laughs> right, of course. <laughs> but I go downstairs to the bar and there's nobody behind the bar. I wait a little bit, wait a little bit. And then like there's a bunch of people now waiting behind me. Yeah. And I went, oh, whatever. I went around behind the bar and started serving people. Nice. So I'm serving people for like an hour. And my tip cup is getting, I'm like, yes. <laughs> you know? And the guys who own the frat house, one of them comes down and goes, who the fuck are you? Right, right. I'm like, I'm Steve from Torrevier. <laughs> right. <laughs> I go, the first thing I did was offer him my tip cup. I went, mm-hmm. I'm just, you know, I'm just pouring. Here's my tip cup, you know. And he goes, no, no, that's yours. He goes, people like you. Like, you know, like, yeah, like everybody's laughing and hanging around. And right. Even it? with the language barrier. Yeah. Amazing. So he gave me a job on the weekends. So I'd go to Montreal on the weekends and bartend for the frat house. Holy shit, dude. <laughs> So at this point, money is really, uh, you're, it's rolling I'm, in. I'm doing great. Yeah. Doing great. I'm wow. eating all the poutine I want. <laughs> <laughs> and then I meet Monsieur Champion. <laughs> so I'm bartending. And then there's an after party. And I'm just sitting now because now I'm not bartending. We're just sitting around. And Monsieur Champion, who comes into Montreal... To get mushrooms for the frat people, mm-hmm. he's decided he wants to talk to me. But everybody in the room knows I don't speak French. Yeah. But him. Okay. <laughs> so he's just fucking beaking away on mushrooms. <laughs> <laughs> like nobody's business. <laughs> right. And everybody's laughing. So he thinks he's being really entertaining. Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah. And I'm looking. Every time I go like this, everybody bursts off laughing. Every time you scan around, look at people like, come on. Because I don't understand a single fucking word he's saying. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so then eventually I left. Right, I left uh, Quebec. Yeah. Right. Come back to it. What was the motivation to come back? The, the class was done. School was done. Mm-hmm. I'd written poems in French. You were writing poetry? Yeah. Wow. In French. Say, Cobillard c'est toujours plein. The undertaker's cart is always full. 
Wow. Wow. That's deep. In French, it sounds great. <laughs> it does. You can woo any French yeah. woman with poetry, I imagine. Yeah. So I come back. So I don't know what I'm going to do with myself. Mm-hmm. So I go, well, I'm going to go to UW. And I'm going to take French courses, like real French courses, to teach me what I've learned Yeah. by osmosis. So by give me the rules and give me, you know... Structure. Yeah, because at the time it was, I think, was it Bill 95 or something? Like there was something that was going on, conservative government, they were going to try to kick French out of Manitoba. Really? Like legally. Like right now, like, you know, or then, probably now still, everything had to be legal in both languages. Uh Uh-huh. So there was a bill going on at the time where they were going to try to... The Manitoba government was trying to say, stop making us do French for everyone. Mm-hmm. We'll just do it for you. For, for uh, St. Boniface? Yeah. Okay. But St. Boniface was like, no, you have to do it for everyone because even though I'm French, doesn't mean I want to live in St. Boniface. Right. Okay. So I thought, okay, take what you've done... This has, you know, been a crazy journey, but now you're up to your eyeballs in French, comfortable in French, learn the rules, get her done. Right. And, and that way you'll be like yeah. top of the board. Yeah. You'll be, uh, I'll be, this is a career. <clears throat> yeah, exactly. And so sign up for my French courses, but you can't take a full load of French. You have to have one English. So I went, oh, fuck. What's the easiest English course I can take? I go, intro theater? Boom! There it is! There it is! Intro theater! Yeah. So, signed up for that. Go to my first class, sitting in the front row. Like, this is going to be like, I'm going to write an essay about Willie Loman sometime in fucking March. I got this shit. I got this. Right. Yeah. Uh, maybe Equus, maybe I'll stab a horse, like, whatever, I got this. Yeah, 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 for sure. Like, it's going to be nothing. Yeah. And Red Skeen goes, okay, auditions are tomorrow night. You had to audition to get in the class. No, like, we're in the class. Right, auditions but for? For Twelfth Night. Twelfth Night, okay, that's... But they expected that everyone who was in... Intro theater wanted to audition to be in the show because yeah. why wouldn't you? Well, for sure, that's why you're there. But I was like, What? What? <laughs> Fuck this. <laughs> and then I'm like, Okay, well, whatever. I'll go there, I'll see what they have to do, I'll fuck it up, and I'll be out of there. Right, right, right. And it's not gonna be any big deal. No effort, no chance. Yeah. So we go. Go to the audition. It's reading for Orsinio, like the lean 12th night. And I read it, get off the stage. Yeah. And then I get called back. Then I read it next night. Mm-hmm. Get off the stage. And then I get called back. Then it gets down to me and Jeff Quinton, the president of the board of MTC. Holy fuck. And me. <laughs> he casts Jeff Quinton, mm-hmm. but he says to everyone in the room, he's a natural. Yeah. He just says the words. Yeah. He means the words because as he reads them, he feels them. He's a natural actor. He's president for a reason, right? No, he was talking about me. Oh, he's talking about you? I'm sorry. <laughs> Fuck. He was like, and Jeff Quinton's looking at me like, what the fuck? <laughs> and, for sure. But Reg was saying, this is, this is an actor right here. He doesn't know it yet. So I'm going to cast Jeff, but this guy is going to be an actor. Wow. Wow. And I was like, get me the fuck out of here. Like, <laughs> he didn't take I, those words to oh, heart? Not at all. But then I met Jeff Hirschfield, Brian Hart, 
Rob Slade, and we started Theater X. Check out part two, Stephen Eric McIntyre shoots on Theater X, plus his money shot on the next episode. All hail Robbins, I mean Satan. <laughs>